Thank you, Ernie. I appreciate those kind words, man. God has been good. Um, that is for sure. That is for sure. Guys, uh, we just want to say welcome to you once again. Uh, and if you are new with us, we would just love to celebrate that. We're celebrating our fourth birthday, but we would love to celebrate you uh, being with us this morning by making a $5 donation to a charity. And all we ask is you fill out a connection card and you go to jointhejourney.church under I'm new and uh, fill that connection card out and then respond back to the email that you'll get back from me and just let us know which of those charities you would like us to make that donation to. We would love just to celebrate you being with us and we love to connect with you. Um, Guys, today uh, is our fourth birthday as a church. Uh, we've talked about it quite a bit already, but I just want to remind uh, some of you and tell some of you who weren't with us at that time um, kind of a, a little bit of our story. November 17th, 2019, uh, a group of us partnered with God and we started Journey Church. And God has done some tremendous things in these past four years. God gave us a vision uh, to start something new that would be different from all that God was already doing here in Beaufort County. Uh, God was and is doing a new thing. And during these past four years, we have seen 11 people who were far from Jesus give their lives to Jesus and be baptized. Amen. We have a thriving children's ministry. Um, we have growing life groups. This past year, with the help of some amazing volunteers, we have started our first uh, student ministry life groups. Amen. Man, we've needed that. God has been good. This year, we've also hired a worship minister to join our staff, and we are seeing our worship team and that ministry growing and thriving. We have gone from two years ago, at about this time, uh, not uh, meeting budget financially. And this year, we have achieved budget and more, thanks to God and thanks to your generosity. Now, I've shared this truth before, and I'll share it again because I think we need to be reminded of this reality. One in three church plants or new churches, one in three church plants close within the first four years. That's the data of new churches starting, one in three close within the first four years. Well, Journey Church, we have faced some challenging times, but man, we have faced them together. And I believe that God is and continues to prepare us for everything else that God still has laying ahead of us. God has given us as a church a mission. And that mission is for us to help everyone discover their relationship with Jesus. That mission is for us to live out our walk together and equip each other to share the gospel with the lost. And we believe that we are becoming the church that God has called us to be. So, will you join me in praising God this morning? Man, God has been good. Let's thank him together in prayer. Father, thank you. Thank you for the vision that you have given us as a church to be different from all the other work that you're doing here in Beaufort County. And Father, we thank you um, that you have given us a vision to, to reach people who do not know you as Lord and Savior. And so Father, help us to keep that vision and that mission at the forefront of our minds 
in our hearts as we move forward as your church. Remind us that that is why we exist, is to be a people who tells other people about your son Jesus. Much like those lepers who were outside the city gates of Jerusalem in the Old Testament when it was being being sieged. And God removed the attacking army. And they were the first ones to know, Father, like those lepers, help us to carry this good news to our city and tell them that you have conquered sin and death through your son, Jesus. Use us as your messengers in our workplaces and in our homes and in our schools and in our communities. Father, so that more, more people who are far from you can come to know you. Father, use us in the next 40 years to come. Father, we thank you for these past four, and we look forward to serving you as your church and many more to come. What an honor and privilege you have given us to be your people. And it's all because of your son, Jesus. And we ask all of this in his name, amen. I wanna share with you a verse of scripture from the Old Testament as we begin before we get to our verses in Philippians. Because I believe that the verses that we are gonna look at today, Paul had these verses in mind as he wrote. In Isaiah 26, verse three, Isaiah writes, you, talking about God, you will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast, because they trust in you. Trust in the Lord forever. For the Lord, the Lord himself is your eternal rock. Paul, as he pins these words to the church at Philippi, must have had Isaiah's song about trusting God in his mind as he wrote these words that we will explore today. So if you have your Bibles, if you would turn with me over to the book of Philippians, we're gonna be in chapter four. If you don't have a Bible, we have some on the back table. Man, we've been in Philippians so long, I just opened my Bible up and it went right to it. Woo! (laughs) Philippians chapter four. Um, It's on the right side of your Bible in the New Testament if you're looking for it. If you don't have one, we have some on the back table. Please take one as a gift from us, and we'll have it up here on the screen as well. But today, we're going to learn from Paul's words in Philippians about how we can trust in God and have our minds set on the truth of God because we have our minds transformed, but it doesn't just stop by changing our thinking. God also changes our being. So read along with me in Philippians chapter four. Today, we're gonna cover two big verses and that's it. So read them with me. Philippians four, verse eight. Paul says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Remember those words there at the end, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. 
So we see two things here in these two verses, which is what we're going to cover today. We see that we think, he says, think about such things. And then in verse nine, put into practice. Think and put into practice. All throughout God's word, all throughout the Bible, we have verses and scriptures about how we think, about what we are to think, what we are to think about, what kind of mindset we are to have. We, we have seen that we need to take captive our thinking to be obedient to Jesus. We are to put on the helmet of salvation, right? I love the way Tony Evans talks about those verses, the helmet of salvation. It's the helmet of salvation because our salvation changes our mindset. It changes the way that we think about everything, right? So that we are able to stand up against the devil's schemes. We are to not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but we are to be transformed. How? By the renewing of our minds, so that we are able to prove what the will of God is. And we've already seen through the book of Philippians that we are to have a different mindset than everyone else. We are to have the same mindset as Jesus who put others above himself. But one of the things that always sticks out to me, at least, when we look at these verses of scripture about thinking is that they are always directly connected with action. It isn't just intellectually that we have a change, but that intellect then changes what we do. Those two things are connected. Thinking should move us to doing. It was Albert Einstein who said that any man who reads too much and uses his brain too little falls into the lazy habits of thinking. (laughs) Friends, we are called to more than just philosophy. We are called to more than just thinking, or as Einstein said, the lazy habit of thinking. We are called to action. And friends, I fear that far too often our faith is neglected to just our thinking. Our faith is just intellectual. Maybe it's even something that we talk about, but I fear far too often that our faith hasn't moved us to action. And friends, if our faith is only in our heads, if it's not lived out, then it's useless and dead. We need to be people who knows what we believe and why we believe it. We need to be a people that has allowed Jesus to transform our thinking. We must have our minds renewed so that we can prove what the will of God is. And it was Einstein who also said that we cannot solve our problems with the same thinking that we use to create them. So our thoughts, our thinking, our mindsets need to be transformed, but not just so that we can become deeper thinkers, but so that we can become doers. Not only do we need to think of such things, but we need to put it into practice. James tells us in James chapter 1 verse 22, he says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, but do what it says. Don't just listen to the word of God, 
but put it into practice. Do what it says. Don't just listen. Don't just become a deep thinker about God's word. We must become doers of God's word. In fact, here at Journey Church, this is why we say it this way. We say that we grow by studying the Bible together, right? We increase our desire to know the inspired and errant word of God. But if we stopped right there, then it would be useless. It would be useless for us to know the inspired and errant word of God if we didn't carry out the next part, to humbly obey its truth in everyday life. You see, our thinking must be changed, but our thinking changes our doing. Our mindset changes our practice. If you ask any teacher, they'll tell you, anytime that you can use more of people's senses, like their sense of sight, hearing, smell, touch, uh, taste, if you, can, if you can, uh, can, can use any of those other senses as you're trying to teach them something, as you're trying to pass on information to them, the impact of that lesson, of, of that whatever it is you're trying to pass on is going to have such a greater impact on them, right? If you're using visuals, a lot of times a, a video or uh, acting out what you are trying to get across can have a much bigger impact than just simply talking to your students or to the people that you are trying to pass on the information to. Um, if you can get your listeners to use other senses, the greater the message and the impact will be. In fact, the sense of smell um, has tremendous impact on memory. Um, it, it, there's one article that I read that said that smell and emotion are stored as one memory, which is why when you smell cinnamon, <laughs> you automatically think of Christmas mornings past, right? Or, or you smell that turkey roasting, you are automatically brought back to those memories of Thanksgiving dinners around your family table, right? Or touch, if, if we can put something in somebody's hands that we are trying to teach them, the impact is going to go way up of them remembering what you have taught them. That's why we call it hands-on learning, right? Our senses can bring back memories and help us to recall things that we have learned. If I crack open a Yoohoo and a Moon Pie and I taste that cardboard sweet jungle juice... I am already brought back to Summers helping my dad crawl underneath the house. I can, I can still even feel the itch of the insulation all over my arms from crawling in the, in the attics, right? Just simply by tasting or smelling one of those things, right? Paul, he used this type of technique to teach the Philippians. Look there again at verse 9. He says this, he says, whatever you have learned and received and heard from me or seen in me, put into practice 
The things that you have learned, Paul says, the things that you have been taught, whether it's from my, my writings or whether it's from me teaching you, the things that you have learned from me, put into practice. You have received them, right? Not only have, have they received them from, from, from his mouth to their ears, uh, but they had seen it put into practice. They had heard from his teaching, from his lips. They had seen his words and the example of how he lived it out. And how he was being poured out like a drink offering for them. Paul says, look, you've seen how I've taught. You have learned and received all of these things. Put them into practice. Do these things. He had used all of these different senses, right? He didn't just write to them. He didn't just speak to them. But he lived among them for a while. He showed them with the way that he lived. So he says, hey, all the things that you have learned, that you have received, that you have seen, that you have heard from me, put them into practice. You see, Paul wants to help the Philippians move from just learners to become doers. He wants them to know the truth and to live out the truth. Jim Putman, in his book, Real Life Discipleship, defines a disciple of Jesus this way, and I believe, uh, I believe this, the way that he defines a disciple really describes what we're talking about here because he talks about it not just uh, in what we do, but how we are transformed in our thinking that moves out to our actions. And he says this, a disciple is one who is following Christ intellectually in their head, right, in their mind, in their thinking. A disciple has surrendered to Jesus as Savior and as Lord of their life. A disciple is one who says, I know that Jesus is Lord and Savior, and I have accepted him as my authority. That happens all up here in your mind, okay? We intellectually have to choose to follow Jesus, we have to submit ourselves to him as our savior and as our Lord, as our authority. But it doesn't stop there. Jim Putman continues and says, not only is the disciple one who is following Christ, but a disciple is one who is being changed by Jesus in their heart. Jesus said that we would know a tree by its fruit. He didn't mean perfect fruit, but he meant growing fruit. And as we spend time following Jesus, Jesus changes us internally. He changes who we are. And all of that comes in being changed in what we do. But it starts by Jesus changing our thinking and changing our hearts and then it's carried out by him changing what we do. Paul says, put into practice all that you have learned and received and heard and seen in him and in others because you've had your minds changed. He says, think of these things. Dwell on these things. Go back and look at verse 8 with me again. Paul says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, 
whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, what are we to do? Think about these things. We are to think about these things. Think about these things. Finally, whatever. That word whatever, even in English, can have a lot of meanings, right? <laughs> Depends how you say it, right? What do you want for dinner? Eh, whatever, you know. It could mean that you just don't care, right? You don't really care what we have for dinner, right? Or it could be, hey, what do you want for dinner? Ah, whatever, you know. That means that you're really mad. Same word, right? Uh, just said in a different tone <laughs> can change the meaning. Well, the Greek word that Paul uses here can mean whatever. It can mean all that, kind of an all-encompassing type of thing, all those that or whoever, right? It can mean all of those things. And so when we take that into context, what Paul is saying here from the context of verse 9, knowing that Paul isn't just giving us a list of things that we need to think about, but that change in thinking is going to be lived out in our practice. We're going to put into action the things that he says. And we look back at chapter 2 and see that we are to follow the example of Jesus and Paul and others. As we read through this list in verse 4 again, and we think about whatever or whoever, or all that embodies these things that he's telling us. He's saying, not only do we need to think about these things, but we think about them to have our minds changed and transformed. That's going to come out and change what we do. We're going to put them into practice. So whatever, whoever, all that are true living true, teaching truth, speaking truth, follow their examples. Whatever is true, think about such things. Follow the example of those who are living truth, are speaking truth, put into practice what you see in them. Whatever, whoever, all that are noble or honorable, those that are living examples of nobility, of, of honor, put into practice what you see them do. Whatever, whoever, all that are right, living examples of, of right living, put into practice the same right living that you see in them. Whatever, whoever, all that are pure, are lovely, are admirable, are of excellent or praiseworthy. As you see them living out those examples, don't just think about them but put them into practice. Follow the examples of those who are doing those things. Dwell on these things. Think on these things. But don't just spend all your time thinking and reading and talking about, but put into action the things that you have learned and received and seen in Paul, in Timothy, in Jesus, and the so many others who have gone before us and who are going alongside of us now, follow their examples. Put into practice the things that you have learned and received and heard and seen. Journey Church, let's let our minds, our thinking be transformed. 
But let's not stop there. Let it be carried out into our lives. Because when Jesus changes our thinking, it moves to changing our being. And our thinking and our being being changed by Jesus then will show in the fruit that is carried out in our life. Thinking moves us to action. So think on these things and put these things into practice. So friends, what what ways of thinking do you need to have transformed in your life? Are you selfish? Do you think that everything is about you? Are you the God of your life? Do you live only for yourself? Are you greedy? Are you only consumed with thinking about how you can get more, no matter what it may do to other people? Are you always focused on the downside of things? We might call that being pessimistic, or as a pessimist might say, a realist. (laughs) Or do you magnify or minimize everything, right? Is everything drama? You blow up everything in your life, or do you, on the other side of that, always minimize everything and everyone else, including yourself? Do you hold yourself and others to blame for things that are completely out of your or their control? Maybe you have this type of thinking. Maybe you believe that if it feels good to you, then it's truth. Friends, do you have any of these thinking, mindsets, ways of thinking that God needs to transform? Let me encourage you to allow him to do so. Allow him to change your mindsets. Allow him to change your thinking. Fill your mind with God's word. We've already said it. We grow by studying the Bible together. We grow by studying the Bible with other followers of Jesus. Study God's word daily. Stop being conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, by filling your mind with the truths of God's word. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely and admirable and excellent or praiseworthy, think of such things. But don't just stop with allowing God to transform your thinking but allow God to transform your actions. Put it into practice. Don't just listen to the word of God, but do what it says. Obey God's word in your everyday life. And the result, Paul tells us, is the God of peace will be with you and you will find joy for your journey. Will you pray with me? Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it is true and right and lovely 
and excellent and praiseworthy and that we can fill our minds with your word. But Father, we also thank you for the examples uh, of people who have gone before us and people who are going alongside of us now who are embodying and living out these things that we can see firsthand examples of people who are living true and lovely and right and honorable and admirable and excellent and praiseworthy. So, Father, help us to think about such things. Help us to fill our minds with such things. Help us to to allow our minds to be transformed by who you are. But, Father, help us not to be lazy and stop with just changing our thinking. Help us to allow you to change our doing as well. Help us to put into practice the things that we have learned from your word, the things that we have received from others, things that we have heard and seen in the examples of the men and women who have gone before us. Father, help us to put into practice. We thank you that our faith isn't just intellectual, but it's practical. So Father, help us to put into practice what you have told us to. Help us to be obedient to your word. Help us to follow the example of your son. Father, we ask all of this in his precious name. Amen.